0: Uh, This message will follow the pattern of the message on John this morning. First, I want to point out some things crucial related to Paul as a person. And then we'll take a tour of the book of Romans in the light of the high peak of the divine revelation And more specifically, according to our general subject. And this will include both seeing the truth and also learning the simplicity of the actual application and experience. Then we'll go through the outline and focus on a certain very vital matter then there will be ample time for the responses which have been most heartening encouraging and supplying there's a reason paul referred to himself as the greatest sinner i think the reason is because he was the greatest sinner according to a certain evaluation the Lord shed his blood to purchase the church with the view that she would become his counterpart Paul was one with the enemy of God to utterly destroy that church his opposition is not limited to his agreeing, consenting with Timothy uh, Stephen's martyrdom. In Acts 9, in the, after the persecution had broken out in Jerusalem, we're told that Paul was breathing out murder. That's in the text, against the saints. The devil, according to John 8, 44, was the murderer from the beginning. He's breathing out murder. That means his being is murderous. He's doing what the Lord said would happen. But he said in John 16, the time will come. They will kill you thinking they're serving God. Paul later described some of his antics in Jerusalem, he would barge into home meetings and drag out of them both sisters and brothers to bring them to trial at the religious court, the Sanhedrin. And he would vote for the death penalty. We don't know how many were killed. After he had done, I suppose, as much as he could do in Jerusalem, he wanted to spread this and received authorization from the high priest. Yeah, go get them in other places. And he was on his way to Damascus, breathing out murder, when the wise God decided to activate a choice he made concerning Paul in eternity past. And we know what happened. I'm inclined to believe that Paul, humanly speaking, was extraordinarily intelligent, maybe a genius. God does not try to out-argue The smart, he subdues them by shining. There is no argument with a light brighter than the sun. So he saw the Lord, he heard the Lord. He then asked two questions of the Lord. Who are you? And the Lord answered, I am Jesus. The second was What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said, indicated, I'm not going to tell you directly. Go into the city, it will be told you through a member of the body what you will do. Paul met Christ and the church, the corporate Christ and the personal Christ, at the same time. And he was shattered. He was fully opened. And when the Lord commissioned Ananias. And Ananias. Understandably. Was reluctant. <laughs> Would you want to go lay hands on, on. Someone who's out to murder you. But he obeyed the Lord. And the Lord made this. One remark about Saul. Oh. Oh. And he's praying. That's all he can do now. Day and night. He's praying. Then according to Acts 22. This is what. Ananias said to him. What one member of the body said to another. And he said the God of our fathers. Has previously appointed you to know his will. And to see the righteous one. And to hear the voice from his mouth. As far as I know. No other apostle received such direct revelation. After the Lord's ascension. Other than John. And here is Ananias who did not have this portion. But he's in the body. And in the body, there's no rivalry. There's no envy. There's no competition. And now the Lord is speaking through him. Telling him directly. You have been appointed. To know God's will. You will see the righteous one, Christ Himself, and He did. And you will hear the voice of His mouth, from His mouth, for you will be a witness to Him. Not witness to a thing, not witness to a doctrine, but witness to a person. You will be a witness to Him unto all men. Of the things of which you have seen and heard. So this is how it began. Then later. Probably decades later. He's writing to Timothy. And he shares something. Of great importance to all of us. And in 1 Timothy 1.16. He is referring to himself, as mentioned in verse 13, a blasphemer, a persecutor. But in verse 16, he says, I was shown mercy that in me, the foremost, Jesus Christ might display all his long suffering for a pattern. To those who are to believe in him unto eternal life. And here we see that God determined that all the believers would need a pattern, not only Christ himself as the model and the prototype, but a pattern of a sinner. Who was thoroughly saved in life. To become a reproduction of Christ. And then to devote himself unto death. To build up that which he once tried to destroy. The church as the body of Christ. And for this pattern. God chose one. Who was a devil man. Breathing out murder. There would have been no conceivable limit to what he wanted to do. But there was a turning point on Paul's side. When he realized God has shown mercy. In the volume of messages in the collected works of Watchman Nee. There's a series devoted to messages given during the resumption of Watchman Nee's ministry. And the first message in that volume. Which I take to be the first of the messages given has been affecting me day by day for years. It's on mercy. And Brother Nee says something almost exactly like this. He said, the time needs to come, at least once in your life, when you realize that everything depends on God's mercy. And this was Paul's realization. Mercy means. That. We have no standing. We have no basis for appeal. We have no justification. We have no excuse. We have no hope. The other party. The righteous God. Has all the rights. But. He wills to have mercy. And mercy does something affecting our inner being in a way that no other divine attribute does. I love to worship the Father with the saints for his mercy. Paul later said, and we'll return to this, we're vessels. Of mercy. And it is a very significant turning point or marker in our personal journey with the Lord when this mercy reaches us and we realize I'll tell you the truth, I am alive physically. Because of God's mercy. We got saved because of mercy. We were brought into the church life. All of us knows. Our own private weaknesses. And failures. And shortcomings. To the point. We have episodes of just giving up the hope of ever being produced as an overcomer. We'll just settle for the New Jerusalem in the ultimate stage. And then mercy comes. And Paul quotes God as saying, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. So in God's mercy that is related to his long suffering, Paul realized, God realized we the believers need a pattern of someone who has been brought all the way through. So he chose Paul. And Paul had all the experiences that we will ever need to become a reproduction of Christ to maturity during our lifetime. Forget about the option of another age in our lifetime. And Paul is also a pattern of one who fully realized... That this work of Christ in him was for the will of God to have a corporate expression of himself in the church as the body, the bride, the house of God, the one new man, the kingdom, and even he refers to the Jerusalem from above. So, it is very profitable for us to just continually be reading through the New Testament. See Paul there in Acts, accompanied by faithful Luke, who is recording so many things. And then, what's revealed in all of Paul's epistles. And all of this has been opened up to us through the depths. Through the ministry of the age. And this pattern. Patterns. Living persons. They cherish us. And they foster our own development. Because. Let's be honest. When was the last time. You tried to murder anybody. <laughs> uh, and of course, constitutionally, we're all the same flesh of sin. But he arguably was the worst. He might say, You're second rate. So God took the worst. One who, one who was expressing the devil and made him a pattern to all who would believe and the entire process rested on mercy. My dear, my very dear brothers and sisters, the same mercy that reached Paul has reached us. Amen. It's mercy. Then. In Romans. Paul presents a summary. Of both the truth. And the experiences we need. To become a reproduction of Christ. For the corporate expression of the triune God. Romans is such a summary. So now we begin a certain tour of Romans. And let's begin with God. Romans 8, 3 says, God sent his Son in the likeness of the flesh of sin, and concerning sin, condemned sin in the flesh. I emphasize God sent his son in the likeness of the flesh of sin. God's word is very exact. God could not say he sent his son in the flesh of sin. Because the Lord had no sin. God could not say he sent him in the likeness of the flesh. Because that would deny incarnation. The Word became flesh, but not the flesh of sin. So God sent His Son. This is God becoming man. Then in chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, we have the Lord Jesus. As the son of David in his humanity designated son of God out of the spirit in resurrection. Now in his humanity he is designated son of God in the way he was not the son of God before Through incarnation he became the son of man. The human part was just that human. But in resurrection the Lord's humanity was divinized. And brought into his sonship. And he became as we know from 829 the firstborn. This is man becoming God. We now have the framework of the highest truth. In 8.3, God became man. In 1.3 and 4, the God-man became God, the son of God, with a divinely human humanity. And when he returns... He will come as the son of man. The son of man will sit on his throne. But according to Zechariah. The Lord of hosts will sit on the throne. Because this one person. Is God. Both as the firstborn son. With divinity and humanity. And as the only begotten son. So right here in Romans is the high peak of the divine revelation. Now, the man who became divine in his humanity in in chapter 1, 3, and 4 is now operating in us in chapter 8 as the law of the spirit of life. He is now the prototype. And as the law of the spirit of life, he is reproducing the prototype in all the believers to make them mature sons of God, conformed to the image of the firstborn son. This is now the mass reproduction of the firstborn son. We'll come back to this. This is what's happening. And there is a law, meaning a spontaneous working of a principle, operating in us, shaping all of us into the image Of the firstborn son. This is clearly reproduction. This is what happened to Paul. And in 829 he uses the word conformed. Whereas in 12.2 he speaks of transformed. They're both parts of the same process. But transformation is more inward. Confirmation solidifies transformation and it breaks through finally the ultimate and outward expression of the self. It breaks through something called self-likeness to use Brother Lee's useful expression. It delivers us from peculiar traits From any and all expression of the self, so that there will be this blessed congregation of millions of sons conformed to the image of the firstborn son, who alone will have the preeminence. Changing the terminology, the many sons. That includes male and female believers just as the bride includes female and male believers. The many sons are now the bride and the firstborn son is the husband. Then Paul takes us step by step with how all of this works out from the very beginning until the end. He grounds us. In God's judicial redemption as the foundation, he shows us the blessing of being saved and justified by grace through faith, of our being reconciled to God. Then he takes a major turn in chapter 5, verse 10 and says much more we will be saved in his life Amen. now that we have been reconciled and justified we're going to be saved much more than this organic salvation that began with regeneration He then shows to us sanctification. You'll be saturated with God's nature. Renewing. Your whole being will be renewed. You will be transformed. In your soul to express the Lord. This transformation will reach. The peak of confirmation. In which there's no self-expression. It will climax in glorification. Now a little insertion here. This is altogether a mercy of the Lord. As far as I know I wasn't praying. Maybe my spirit was praying. I was working in my office maybe 20 probably more years ago. And a flow came to me. Surely through the body. No doubt because someone praying. At least the Lord. And I realized. I need to. Reconsider. My personal prayers. I have been. Relating to the ministry largely. With passive agreement. Agreeing. Much more saved by his life. And I began to receive the impression. Why don't you in simple prayers. Respond to everything you have received. So there's ministry. On being renewed day by day. Run. It seemed to be saying. He, wherever this is coming from. Why don't you ask for that? Lord, today's a day. Renew me today. Amen. Lord, it says much more we will be saved in his life. Lord, I need much more of the much more. Save me. During my lifetime. And all the steps. Steps. Then Paul brings us to reigning in life and preparation for the kingdom. We receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The grace we receive reigns unto eternal life. Grace just does this. Now we receive it abundantly. And we reign in life. And if you say. Brother Ron. You don't know. My pathetic situation. I don't have the boldness to pray for abundance of grace. When I say okay God anticipated this. So Paul added. And the gift of righteousness. Well can you begin there. Would you allow God. God. To make you righteous in his eyes because you are in Christ. And then to cleanse your conscience and to wash you, to enable you to come with assurance into his presence so he can do all this wonderful work in you. And Paul brings us into Romans 8, the center of the spiritual universe. Into the heart. Of this entire process. And in this chapter he shows us. Just as the law of sin and death was operating. Now the highest law. Is operating in our being. That is the law of the spirit of life. Which frees us. From the law of sin and death. And then conforms us. To the image. Of the firstborn son of God. Now how did all of us. Humanly and physically. End up. With the kind of. Physique we have. The kind of face we have. Did you kind of make a decision. To do this. If I could make a decision, I wouldn't have decided this. I would have decided something else. (laughs) How did we get from one cell in our mother's womb to adult human beings? Did we work at that? Did your parents just sweat for that to happen? It all happened by the law of the human life. Operating in your being as you're growing. And Paul made this tremendous discovery. He discovered the law of sin and death. Then, in his despair, he was shown the law of the spirit of life. And lest I forget, I want to make a crucial point here. I'm anticipating. The matter on practice, but I believe the Lord is flowing in this direction. We need to learn a very important lesson personally in all of our seeking of the Lord, in our hope to be overcomers. And some have gone before us, like Brother Knee and Brother Lee, to open the way. And Brother Knee tells us this. There is a great difference in the Christian life. Between living by the power of your will. And by living according to law. Whenever we determine. Promise. Or even. Vow to the Lord. I will do this. Then we use the word consecration. I consecrate to do this. We are actually setting our will. To do something. And sooner or later we'll discover. This ends up in Romans 7. Yes. We need our will to make decisions. The decision to allow God to work in us. But willpower we do not need. We're trying, determining, setting ourselves. Then relying on our natural strength to do actually what we cannot do. And to become what we cannot become. I don't know hardly anything about birds. And I don't know if it's really true. But I picked up in elementary school. When the little baby birds are in the nest. And the mother bird is there. And mother bird senses. They're ready to fly now. They're ready to fly. And so she urges them if not compels them if not constrains them, if not pushes them (laughs) out of the nest, somehow these little birdies get out of the nest. So here is one of these little birdies, now in the open air. Does this bird say, I'm a bird. Birds are supposed to fly. I am determined to fly. If I only knew which wing to move first, I would fly. If the bird is reasoning like that, it is plummeting toward doom. (laughs) The bird just flies by law. By law, it flies, not by will. Doesn't say I'm a bird. This is what birds are supposed to do. I want to be a good bird. I want to be a super bird. (laughs) I assert myself. I give myself. This is ridiculous. Except it's what we all do unintentionally without realizing it. Until eventually you reach the point, in my case, After thousands of failures. If you've been married to someone. For more than four and a half decades. And you made just one little mistake per day. Doesn't that come to thousands? (laughs) I'm not exaggerating. It's not hard to accumulate that kind of number. And then it finally the light comes. This is not working. My effort to do this or that to be this or that is not working. Here the Lord has been waiting. Okay, what works is the law of the spirit of life. Just stop trying. Turn your heart to me. Love me. Enjoy me. Be one with me. And let me do what I'm really, really good at. Which is reproducing myself. Which is delivering you from every negative thing. Which is making you the same as me. This is what Paul discovered. It's a law. And he let this law work in him. So I think it's okay. I'm just speaking objectively here. Just forgetting personal history. It's, in, it's irrelevant here. I would just ask all the married brothers. Concerning Paul's command. Not suggestion. Not his recommendation. His command. So simple. Just love your wife. The same way Christ loved the church. And gave himself up. For her. So I'd like to ask the brothers is this difficult or is this not difficult? And here's my answer it's not difficult, it's impossible. (laughs) But we do it effortlessly effortlessly, spontaneously, by law. Does not the Christ who loved the church and gave himself up for her live in you? Is he not the reality of the words he charged Paul to speak? Let him live in you by law. Don't promise. Don't set your will. Just let him be who he is. And I bear witness to you you will effortlessly love your wife to the point that you will lay down your life for her. At a certain point, when necessary, you will stop everything else and care for her to the end at the cost of your soul life, effortlessly. You're not a hero. You're not a martyr. You're just a brother learning to let the law of life operate in you. This law that is operating us personally is operating in us corporately to bring forth in the churches the reality of the body of Christ. And that is God's goal. That is Paul's goal. So he goes from Romans 8 in the divine thought. Directly into Romans 12. The sons of God produced. In Romans 8. Are the members of the body. In Romans 12. Chapters 9 through 11 are important. But they're parenthetical. Serving a particular purpose. So now the body of Christ itself. Is governed by law. So why would it never occur to Ananias, Lord, why, why do you choose a man who wanted to kill us, and he's the one who gets to know your will? We're going to have to read his epistles to get it. Why does he get to see you? Why does he get to hear words out of your mouth? That would never occur to Ananias. Just as it would never occur. To any member of our physical body. To envy. Another member. Or to demean itself. Because it can't do what another member. Can do. There is now another realm. Where there's only. Christ as life. In everyone. And also, Ananias recognized he's not the head. The one commissioning him is the resurrected and ascended Christ. And if that Christ appointed this man to receive this kind of revelation, who am I to bring myself into the consideration? No thought. What a realm is this? No division. No rivalry. No competition. An organic reality. Where Christ. Is the person and life of every member. And the head. Can carry out whatever he wills through his body. Just as in your physical body when it's normal. Whatever the person decides to do. The body just does. This is what the Lord needs. To emerge in the churches today. The reality of the body. Where he has the head. You can just flow freely. And there's no Resistance through the prayers to the leading to the direction this is the goal this is the corporate expression this is what paul met when he heard the word me that me is a corporate person you are persecuting me you touched me Now, Paul, I will make you part of this me. And you will pour out your life for this corporate me. My body. So then Paul brings us into the goal. Then he shows how the body is expressed as local churches. Then he ends Romans... And I reread it on the plane coming to Dusseldorf. I recommend a fresh reading of it. How could he remember so many names? He greeted so many people with observations, appreciation. What kind of affection is this? What kind of heart does he have now? That all these people are in his heart. He even greets a brother and the brother's mother, and he says, Greet brother so and so and his mother, who is also mine. He recommends a sister, Phoebe. And he said, she ministered so much to me. Take care of anything she needs. Treat her with honor. Look, if our Lord can take a devil man and make him like this, can't he do the same thing with you? What's so difficult about you that God would wring his hands in despair? I just can't get through her. Come on. So, that very pattern should comfort us, encourage us. So, at times, I might have a simple prayer. I mean, really simple Lord, for your body, Simply do in me what you did in Paul. Lord, for your bride. Do in us what you did in our brother Lee. Who is also a pattern. Now a few things on the side of application. Then I'll read through the outline. We'll be okay. So we do have, you could say, wrought into the text of Romans. Romans. This high peak, God became man in 8 3. Man becomes God in 1 3, and 4. That God man is the pattern who is reproducing himself in us by the law of the spirit of life through God's organic salvation, causing the children of God to become sons of God. These sons are members of the body. They're now in a realm where we are corporately living in the organic union with Christ. We're one body in Christ. Now the Lord has a living body, but we are in space and in time. So that living body must be expressed practically as local churches. Then Paul ends, I repeat, with this personal and affectionate greetings. So whenever. After a meeting. When I'm happily lingering here for half an hour or so. fellowshipping back and forth. And someone sends greetings. Or asks me to send greetings. So a brother named Nathaniel. He He asked me to send. He and his wife to send greetings to someone. That means a lot. How sweet. How endearing. How lovely. Is a local church life. That is the expression. Of a group of people. Who are all together. In the process. Of becoming the reproduction of Christ for the corporate expression of the triune god. Now, on the side the simplicity side of our experience. Paul emphasizes in Romans 9, we are vessels of mercy unto glory. This is God's choice. He had mercy on you. He's not going to withdraw it. And he created you. And then he recovered you. To be an open vessel. In a message in perfecting training. Brother Lee says Paul's 14 epistles can be summarized in the two words. Open. Vessels. I cannot emphasize too much the blessing of just being open to the Lord. Now, some of the dear ones, even when the prayers are simple, their subjectivity kicks in. So when they're praying, Lord, I open myself to you, they're wondering, am I really opening myself to you? Or they're wondering, how much am I opening to you? So I give you a backup prayer. Okay? Just like a backup prayer, Lord, I turn my heart to you. And some say, well, maybe I'm not turning my heart to you. So you have a backup prayer. Lord, cause my heart to turn toward you. So the backup prayer for opening is, Lord, cause me, enable me. To open to you. In the meantime. Just come as open as you can be right now. And then you present yourself as an open vessel. In chapter 9. This brings you to chapter 8. Dispensing upon dispensing. You're the vessel. And he is. Dispensing himself into you. In response to this dispensing, the law of life is operating in you. You're not even aware of it. What is central to you is to contact God personally, based upon the blood of Jesus, to open yourself as a vessel, knowing the triune God wants to give himself to you as your life your life supply, and your everything. Just let him do it. Then as this goes on, the Lord will eventually aim at touching something at the core of your being. And the metaphor the New Testament uses is the root of the tree. It was said in Matthew 3, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. And what happened to Paul, as indicated by Romans 7 and 8. Is that the axe of the word of God cut the root of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in his being. He really thought He was serving God. He really thought that was good. But when that root of that tree was severed. And and the tree of life could flourish. Paul began to live by a different principle. Again, we have to honor our source. Brother Nee's message on two principles of living. He experienced this. But many dear saints. In their actual living. Unintentionally. are living by right and wrong. Good and evil. Not by the sense of life. But what Paul. Manifests. As part of the pattern. Is that once. He lived by this other tree. I knew good, I knew evil, I tried to do the good, I was overpowered. Now I live by another principle. I just let the divine life flow in me. There's such a thing called the sense of life. When the mind is set on the spirit, there's life and peace, there's the sense of life. And again, I must bear witness. To one of the most crucial changes that can take place in the being of a believer is when the Lord, in your experience, transfers you from living according to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to the tree of life. In all the years... That I was married. One of the greatest lessons I learned in that context is to live with another person by the tree of life. And if I can live by the tree of life with this person, then I can genuinely live by the tree of life with the saints. And it will be one life with one living. And then I already mentioned. What Paul discovered. Eventually we also will realize. This let the Lord shepherd you. Whatever you sense you need. You ask him whatever's on your heart. When it comes to personal prayer. Don't reason, is this permissive will, is this perfect will, is this me? Just be genuine. Ask him whatever is in your heart. The Lord knows. But all the experiences that Paul had are part of the pattern. And it's normal for us, who are becoming the reproduction of Christ, to experience item by item. The Lord knows where we are. Don't panic. We all have enough time to make it. God is for us. Even if someone among us or someone you know in the churches returns after being gone 20 plus years, they're happy to be back. We're happy they return. We're not like the older brother. We're like the loving father. Then the enemy comes in. Yeah, it's good you're back, but it's too late. So I like to shut the enemy's mouth when he accuses my brothers and sisters and lies to them. You say it's too late. That's a lie. Amen. I'd like to quote the Bible to you. God said, I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Amen. How God can do this, I don't know. But He's very good at this. He doesn't bring someone back Amen. and then tell them it's too late. In God's mercy. It's never too late. And so all that's in Romans is a summary. Is what Paul saw. By direct revelation. They're what he experienced. And it's all poured into the body. Just as all our experiences are. And now not only the triune God. Is available to you. The entire reservoir. Of the experiences of the body of Christ throughout the centuries. Is also available to you. As a member. When Brother Lee was asked you know. How can you keep on speaking again and again and again? One of his answered was, it all comes from the body. So this conference, before it's to the body, before it's for the body, it's first from the body. Amen. And I'm a member with you. So what a supply is available... And Paul realized this. He now, for about 20 minutes, will go through the outline to focus on certain crucial matters. God's goal in his economy is to produce many sons for his corporate expression. So, words like brothers and sons. Are divine utterances that include all believers, male or female. Just as expressions like "wife" and "bride" include all believers, whether male or female. I don't know what the young people are getting in the universities in Europe that we have to address certain language hang-ups. That have affected the thinking of some of our our young adults. No we're not going to change. The God inspired words of scripture. We're all brothers. We're all children of God. And we will all become sons. That is mature believers. Expressing. The divine life. Okay. God has predestinated us. To be conformed to the image of his son. So that he his son. Might be the firstborn among many brothers. I believe many of us are learning this. About God. He always finishes. What he starts. Another thing is. Once he has made up his mind to do something. You cannot change it. To use Paul's language, since we have been predestinated, we can do nothing about the final outcome of our experience as Christians. God as God chose you, and God as God determined your destiny. That's certain. You are predestinated unto sonship. And predestinated to be conformed. To the image of the firstborn son. That's guaranteed. And when God showed John the revelations. He used past tense verbs. To indicate that in God's view. It's an accomplished fact. So we have a limited choice regarding being conformed to the image of the firstborn son. Okay, Here's our choice. <laughs> regarding whether we have no choice. Regarding when we have a little choice. And we have two options. Now or later. Later means, you know in the coming age that's it so we'd like to be sober in our thinking and ponder this I said okay if the outcome is certain that we will be I will be conformed to the image of the firstborn son and it makes a difference to me when it happens lord i choose Now. I don't make up my mind to determine that it will be now and I will work it out by the force of my will. No. I simply tell the Lord. I choose. To arrive at maturity. In life during my lifetime for the benefit of your recovery. Since I have been predestinated to be conformed to the image of your son. I choose sooner rather than later. Lord I can't make it happen either sooner or later. But I will not just passively. Dwell on this. I will let God know what my choice is. Then when you link this with the goal. He really pays attention. Lord. Mature me. For the bride. Lord conform me to the image of the firstborn son. For your corporate expression. B says. We are to be conformed to the image of God's firstborn son. Christ. As the first God man. That we may be a group of God men who are exactly like him. And let me share with you. You might have not heard this before. But it's something becoming increasingly real in me. The more people I meet. The more places I visit. The more interactions I have. With saints. And with humans. I've come to appreciate something very particular. Concerning the Lord Jesus. If you read the Gospels. Again. And pay attention. To how he interacts with people. You will realize. The Lord. Knows how to be. Every kind of person in every situation. That's the kind of person he is. It doesn't matter whether that's Mary sitting at his feet or Martha, pre resurrection Martha, commanding him to do what is only fair. He doesn't react the way an alpha male would react to a strong female. To try to beat her down. And neither does he withdraw out of fear. He says. Martha. Martha. You're anxious and troubled about so many things. Mary has chosen the good portion. You will not be taken from her. And a brother, I'm thankful for this, in fellowship, he pointed out in John 11, we're told, and the Lord loved Martha and her sister. Well, in the Lord's recovery, we've got all kinds of people and more different kinds are coming. (laughs) How wonderful. How absolutely marvelous. And here we are with our temperament, our disposition, our personality, and our culture. Now we got to love all these people, be willing to be built up and coordinated with anyone. And you know it only takes one other person to really press all of your buttons. But how marvelous to have a person in us who knows what to say to Pilate, what to say to the high priest. When he's on the cross, he takes care of his mother, says to John, behold your mother, behold your son. And then from that hour, he took her into his own home. He wanted to be sure his mother had a place to live. The word of prophecy and Luke is now being fulfilled. The sword will pierce through her soul. He knew what to say to the thief who said, remember me. He knows how to speak to a woman who has had five husbands. And is living with a man, not her husband. He knows how to speak to Zacchaeus, even go into his house. So when he reproduces himself, we can see this in Paul in Romans 16. He has an unbiased love for everyone. The names are in his heart, the names. He greets them. This one was in the Lord before me. This one. Is of note among the apostles. This one is my fellow prisoner. This one is a faithful minister. Then. Paul is dictating. So you have a scribe. Named Tertius. So there's this delightful parenthesis. Tertius is writing all this down. Then he says. I Tertius. Who write this epistle. Send greetings. And Paul lets it stand. God lets it stand. We're going to meet Tertius. So how could Paul. End up saying. What he said in 2nd Corinthians. I will most gladly spend and be utterly spent. For your souls. It's because. He actually became the reproduction of Christ, the same as the first God-man who treasured this corporate expression and knew how to relate to every church, to every member, regardless of age, spiritual development, cultural background. And he could instruct Timothy, you have to learn this. Know how to speak to an elderly man. Know how to be pure among the sisters. Know how to relate to the wealthy. How to care for them. So when Christ reproduces himself in us. This is going to have a marvelous effect. On all our relationships. With people not only with the saints. We will have his heart toward the lost, toward the unbelievers. We will sing that verse from the gospel song. Down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter. Feelings lie buried that grace can restore. Touched by a loving heart. Wakened by kindness. Chords that are broken will vibrate once more and so we all have our temperament our disposition our makeup we've all been shaped understandably unavoidably by our society and all of that it enables us to relate to certain people, other people we don't know what to do, we're not comfortable with, but now we are in this universal fellowship that is expanding, and we need and we have a Christ who is no respecter of persons, who knows how to be with everyone, everywhere, all the time. And this Christ. Will be expressed. Even as Paul expressed him. In Romans 16. That is a precious chapter. This is to say. Greet the church. That's not bad. But it's rather abstract. But when it's this brother. This sister. This co-worker. This one. That one. When he gets. Honor Aquila and Priscilla. And say they risked their necks. To be one with the apostles. The church meets in their home. How practical. Is this reproduction. When all of us. Are just saved from ourselves. And let Christ live again. And let him be the person through whom we relate to one another. And really, we will be Philadelphia. We may not be powerful. We don't aspire to be. But we'll keep the Lord's word. We will have no other name. And we will love one another. Two, God accomplishes his economy. By dispensing himself into us as the law of the spirit of life. To make us the reproduction of the firstborn son of God. It happens by law. Need us open, receive the dispensing. Exercise more and more to be one spirit with the Lord. Let the law operate. The firstborn son of God is the prototype, the standard model. For the mass reproduction of the many sons of God, who are his many brothers, to constitute his body for God's corporate expression. God's way, God's way to make us the reproduction of the firstborn Son of God is to work his living prototype, the firstborn Son. Into our being. The expression we use for this. Is the central work of God. I testify to you. Of how this simple prayer. Not repeated as a ritual. But to touch the essence of it. Lord strengthen me with power. Into the inner man. So that Christ. May make his home. In my heart. For the body. For the bride. The central work of God. Is to work himself. In Christ as the prototype. Into your being. If you see this. That's good. To agree. That's good. But the best. Is an active agreement. Lord. Today, work yourself into me so that when I put my head on my pillow tonight, I believe this because I believe days matter. Lord, when I put my head on my pillow tonight, may I have the sense there is little more Christ in me than when I got up early this morning. The firstborn son of God. As the indwelling prototype. Automatically. Works within us. As the law of the spirit of life. To conform us to his image. Automatically. This love him. Enjoy him. Receive his dispensing. Be one with him. Contact him. In a personal and affectionate way. With genuine prayers. Then let the law of life. Work out the whole thing. That's God's way. And that was Paul's experience. B, the function of the law of the spirit of life is to shape us. To conform us to the image of Christ. As the firstborn son of God. Confirmation. Which is higher than transformation. Denotes the shaping of life. Transformation is inward. And is a matter of essence. Confirmation is outward. And is a matter of shape. Transformation involves a change in form. Whereas confirmation involves the shaping of this form. Into a certain image. The image of Christ as the firstborn son of God. So first the image takes form inwardly in our soul. But all of us are characterized by what Brother Lee calls self-likeness. That is what we mean when we say of a person, that's just you. The expression just you means that is your typical self-expression. And sometimes we have this reaction when someone stands up to prophesy. We have to actually stand against this. There he is again. Just him. Just her. Well all of us right now are just just. But we're not going to stay this way. Because instead of this. Typical. Constant. Characteristic. Expression of the self. There'll be. A surprising. Amazing. Yet normal. And delightful. Expression. Of the firstborn son of God. Amen. That's why. You've heard me say a number of times. When I, the first time I saw brotherly speak. He was only in the 60s 1967 the first time. I said saw. Not here. Of course I was listening. I'd only been in the church for six months. Two words were kept going through me. No self. No self. No expression of the self. I was amazed because. In my background there is professional training. That in the pulpit. That's when you exhibit the self. How sad. And spontaneously, there was a respect for all the experiences that he had that brought him to this point. I realized it wasn't light. And then there was a simple prayer, not a promise. Lord, I like to walk in the same steps. In my whole life, I never saw this. In my religious background, and in my own pathetic situation. But here is someone standing before a group of people, speaking the word, expressing Christ. Now that's a pattern. And we're all going to have the same outcome. No matter what kind of person we are, let me assure you, you're no match for the triune God. (laughs) You may last a number of rounds in your wrestling match with him, but it will be one, two, three at last, and you'll still be lying there, happily defeated. Two, the law of the spirit of life regulates the shape of life. The shaping by the law of the spirit of life is the meaning of conformed. In Romans 8.29. As the divine life grows within us and transforms us. The law of the spirit of life functions spontaneously. To conform us to the image of Christ. The firstborn son of God. In this way we become the reproduction of Christ for the corporate expression of the triune god now i never flatter as far as i do never speak politically and i cannot be diplomatic i can only speak faithfully it's been a year since i was here i'm happy to say there is more christ in you all. Amen. Than there was. One year ago. Amen. This is actually happening. Amen. But when we are enlightened. Concerning it. Then we can render fuller. Cooperation by our praying. And we just talk to the Lord. We turn every positive thing. We receive into prayer. Prayer. I'm anticipating tomorrow morning, but surely we all hope to be overcomers. We want to be. Well, Christ in his ministry in the stage of intensification is actively looking for those willing to allow him to make them overcomers. So why not just ask, Lord, for the sake of your bride, your economy, make me an overcomer. So the Lord is going to make us the reproduction. But it's a blessing to see the truth, to have the veil unlifted, to have the light shine. So there's a deep impression on our being And then now we respond in simplicity. Lord today. Work yourself into me. Lord today. Dispense yourself. Into me. Point four eventually. Through the function of the law of the spirit of life. We all. Will become. Mature. Sons of God. And God will have the reproduction of Christ for his corporate expression. But we have the opportunity for this to happen in our lifetime. But not just before the end, but to happen as soon as is possible according to God's intention, so that. For the years that remain after that breakthrough, we become a channel of blessing through the whole body of Christ. We're so clear. Lord, make me a reproduction of yourself in every way. Reproduce your heart in me in every possible way. But, Lord, I'm not asking this to be different from others, to be on display. I'm asking you to do this for the body, for the bride, and for the kingdom. The body of Christ, as the one new man, is the corporate reproduction of the firstborn son of God. So here we have in Romans through Paul, the same central thought. We are in the process of becoming the reproduction of Christ or the corporate expression of the triune God as the body of Christ and the bride. So let's pray for this for a minute or so with someone nearby. Then our brother will direct us concerning the sharing time.